average guy is not very emotionally healthy or present. So you got to coach him up here. Usually, you know, the man and the oak coffee table are emotionally fairly similar. (laughs) Um, So you you throw it out there as well. You're like, well, if if the guys are emotionally present, the guys are like, uh, okay, so you got to give them a little help. How do they do that? Well, they probably need to ask questions if they don't know. But not interrogate. No. Ask questions that say that they actually want to know and they care about knowing their wife more. And so asking things like you used to not know how to ask. talk about my failures? (laughs) Jeez, I feel like this is going to be a running theme through our whole event. Okay. It was easy for us to just talk about the day and not really get anywhere with conversation and then go on with our responsibilities. But to stop and actually, so, you know, actually ask about the emotional welfare of how you're doing. And so how did it go today? Okay, so are you okay after that happened? And, you know, how are you feeling about that? How can I serve you in that? What are some ways that we can talk through that? Do you need help processing? Do you need me to pray for you? Those are all emotional connections. That was a lot right there. I'm tired. Well, howdy. This is uh, Pastor Mark Driscoll with my wife, Grace. Welcome to the Real Marriage Podcast. Uh, This is a special short series of episodes we recorded live in front of a studio audience at the Trinity Church in Scottsdale, Arizona, that uh, we planted as a family ministry a little over four years ago. This is the One Flesh series. Early in Genesis, it says that God wants us to be one flesh. How do you do that? Well, one heart, one soul, one mind, one body, says the Lord Jesus. This episode is on one heart. What does it mean for you and your spouse to have one heart in your emotional life. Uh, A little uh, spoiler alert, gentlemen. You got to touch your heart before you touch your body. We'll tell you the details now. So so we've called this the uh, One Flesh Event, and it's four ways that sex connects. So it's going to be about sex. And so um, if you were homeschooled, you know, you're going to learn a lot. It's going to be a good night for you. Um, It's going to be a real good night for you. And, uh, and, and maybe tell them out, out, of, the, out of the beginning, because there's going to be couples here that come in with some struggles. Did we do it all right the first way? Did we just start, you know, God's way and just continue forward? Or where did we start on this issue of sex, intimacy, marriage? Um, I tried, but you really messed that up. Yeah, I did. I did. I did. I did. I did. It was the 80s. And... Uh, Everything was messed up. Yeah, everything was messed up. Um, no, we did everything pretty much wrong, actually. Um, we were So were you a believer when we met at 17? I was. So here's, here's our wedding photo, by the way. This is us when we got married. Oh, boy. Yeah, this, I'm, the, I'm the one on the right. I'm the one on the right. Just if you're wondering, like, I can't figure this out. They say as the couple gets older, they look alike. And I just want to thank God publicly that that's not happened. <laughs> If I rolled over and looked at this every day, I, I, I'd, be, I'd be sad. So we were 21 when we got married, but when we first started dating, where were you at with the Lord? And I'll tell them where I was at. And then we, we, re- we start, here's the, here's the big idea. We did everything wrong and God fixed it. So there's hope for you. Yeah. I was a Christian, but I was not walking with the Lord at the time. You were a pastor's daughter. I was a pastor's daughter. Yeah, thanks for rubbing it in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yes, I had some hard stuff and responded by running away from the Lord instead of running to the Lord. So that's when I, I showed that's up. when Mark showed up. I showed up. Yeah, I was like, there's a strategic opportunity here. So she uh, came out of a bad relationship. I came out of a bad relationship. It's amazing if you don't know the Lord at 17, you've already got a bad relationship. Um, and then we met. I wasn't a Christian. You said you would only date me if I was a Christian. So I said, well, praise the Lord. And then we started dating. <laughs> 
And then we started. See, you lied. I told I, you. I, I, did, I did lie. Um, and, uh, and then we started sleeping together. And we weren't virgins when we met. And then we started sleeping together. And then I became a Christian in college at age 19. You were, you know, at a different college far away. And I remember calling you like I, I, I met Jesus. And I was all in. And I told you, I said, I, I think we've been fornicating. Because I, a guy taught a Bible study on this brand new word I never even heard of. And uh, he actually did. He, he gave a Bible study on fornication. And I called him afterwards, a small study in college. And I said, I said, yeah, I'm calling for a friend of mine. I'm afraid that they may be fornicating. I didn't tell him it was grace. And, uh, and he said, yeah. Takes two. It does take two, yeah. Uh, and so thank you for pointing that out. I didn't know. And so then... Um, he said, yeah, you got to stop sleeping together. So I called you and I said, hey, we've been fornicating. And you said. I know. <laughs> like, I didn't know this. I didn't know this. So then we stopped fornicating and then we got married. And then we still had a lot of baggage and carry-ons. And the early years were hard. The middle years were kind of hard. And right now, <laughs> everything's perfect. Right? Like, Jesus can come back. We're ready. So, uh, so we want to talk about this. And uh, where we got the big idea is from Genesis 2.24. So maybe you read that. We're only going to have two big verses, and then we'll break them down. Genesis 2.24 says, A man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Okay, so Genesis 1 and 2. Before sin enters the world, God make, made us male and female. Uh, he created us with sex, male and female. He created us with gender, masculine, feminine. I know if you go to college, this is all very controversial, but this is how it is. There's no spectrum. There's guy-gal. Um, sexuality is between male and female. So the men are supposed to be masculine. The women are supposed to be feminine, attracted to one another. And then marriage is for crazy. I'm going to throw it out there. A man and a woman. Just getting nuts on you here. And that was God's original decree and design. That was his intent. And we're going to talk about this issue of this is how marriage is supposed to be before sin enters the world. And this is God's prototype. And the whole goal, God says, is that they would be one flesh. So that's kind of where we get our theme. And then we're going to work out of uh, Mark chapter uh, 12. We wanted to pick a very handsome name uh, of a Bible book. So we're going to work out of Mark chapter 12, uh, verse 29 through 31. And then this will give us the four different categories that we'll be uh, distributing as four podcast episodes. So maybe you read that as well, baby, and then we'll unpack it. Jesus answered, the most important commandment is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, so that's where we're going to spend our time together. We're going to deal with these four issues. Loving with all your heart, that's your emotional life, all your soul, that's your spiritual life, all of your mind, that's your mental life, and all of your body, that's your physical, sexual relationship, which is the result of the previous three. Uh, that being said as well, when God here says that he is one, it's the same word that is used uh, to say that uh, the husband and the wife should be one. So as the father, son, and spirit are one, God wants the husband and wife to be one. And the question is, when you get married, it's not which one, but it's a new one. The two of you join together, you start a new family, and you become one together in that pursuit that God intends for you. And so what Jesus is saying here is that the most important thing is to love God, heart, soul, mind, and strength, love your neighbor. And uh, Martin Luther, the great Protestant reformer, he said that uh, your spouse is your nearest neighbor. Hey, neighbor. 
Hey, neighbor. Yeah. So if you tend to think about love your neighbor, well, this is my neighbor. Literally, this is my first neighbor. So loving starts here with heart, soul, mind, and strength. So we'll deal with heart first emotionally. So episode one will be loving God and one another with the heart emotionally. Loving God and one another with the heart emotionally. For a woman, when it comes to the sexuality, a lot of men are just thinking, I want to have sex for the woman. Why is the emotional component Vital, important, strategic, and where would you start with that? Well, number one, she wants security, and that means emotional, physical, and mental security. Um, and so if, you, if she doesn't feel that, sexually she's not going to be able to participate completely and, and become one flesh. And so security is, is number one for women. And so if a man is working toward that and vulnerable in that area, even if he isn't 100%. So, uh, let me just throw this out there. The average guy is not very emotionally healthy or present. Right. So you got to coach him up here. Usually, right. you know, the man and the oak coffee table are emotionally fairly similar. <laughs> um, so you, you throw it out there as well. You're like, well, if, if the guys are emotionally present, the guys are like, uh, okay, so you got to give them a little help. How do they do that? Well, they probably need to ask questions if they don't know. But not interrogate. No. Ask questions that say that they actually want to know and they care about knowing their wife more. And so asking things like you used to not know how to well, ask. Let's talk about my failures. <laughs> Jeez, I feel like this is going to be a running theme through our whole event. Okay. It was easy for us to just talk about the day and not yeah. really get anywhere with conversation and then go on with our responsibilities. But to stop and actually, so, you know, actually ask about the emotional where welfare of how you're doing and so how did it go today okay so are you okay after that happened and you know how are you feeling about that how can I serve you in that what are some ways that we can talk through that do you need help processing do you need me to pray for you those are all emotional connections that was a lot right it's there. also <laughs> can, you know doing chores for the woman emotionally connects oh uh, no you're yeah. not gonna get the dishes in we're not doing that that is <laughs> This is not the real dishes event. This is not, we're not doing that. So, so that being said, uh, many of the problems in the bedroom actually are problems outside of the bedroom. If there's not emotional connection and safety for the woman outside of the bedroom, there's not going to be freedom and intimacy in the bedroom. Accurate? Yeah. And if, if a man is harsh with his wife at all, it's going to take a rebuilding of trust, a repentance and a rebuilding of trust to get to a place where she feels emotionally secure. And it just breaks that down for a woman. She doesn't feel like she can open up in any way when a man is harsh with her. First Peter says the husband shouldn't be harsh with their wives. And it's interesting, John Gottman, he's a researcher at the University of Washington. He's one of the leading marriage researchers. He's able to predict with a more than 90% success rate uh, divorces through observation. I don't get any indication he's a Christian. But one of the things that he says leads to divorce, one of the main, he calls it the four horsemen, is the harsh startup. Now, what that is, is it's emotionally starting the, the conversation in an adversary or, or elevated way. So that would be raising your voice, maybe physically being intimidating, approaching your wife, uh, getting the crazy eyes. Some of you guys <laughs> you got it right now. I'm scared. And, uh, and sometimes um, it could just be a subject that we know is very tender and just sort of launching right at it. That's a harsh startup. And his point is, emotionally, you don't make any progress when you start with a harsh startup. 
How many of you know if you if you start with a harsh startup, it just ends poorly. You're not emotionally going to be close at the Yeah, end. either she fights back or she closes up and walks away or moves away emotionally. So emotionally, um, what about if someone in the marriage has trauma in their past that they've not healed up from? Sometimes the problem emotionally is we're just busy or we're distracted or the kids or the phone. Sometimes it's harsh startup. Sometimes the lack of connecting at the level of the heart and being one emotionally is because of some past hurt. Yeah, and, and definitely we were in that place, and you felt really stuck because you weren't, you felt like you were missing the key to unlock something. I always used to say, you live in a bank vault, and I can't figure out the code. Yeah, and I didn't understand that I hadn't dealt with trauma in my past, and so for me, when you would get frustrated and harsh because I wouldn't connect emotionally, it made it worse. It, it compounded my trauma from, you know, just triggers, and so for me, I had to we had to meet with wise counsel and we had to get to the point of me realizing that I had actually been through trauma in my past and that that was a wall that I was putting up with you because I didn't trust you with my heart and yeah. with my emotions. And, and so in order to heal from that, I had to go and get help from Christian counsel. And um, I wouldn't do non-Christian counsel because they can't get to the soul level. So I needed to go to a Christian Bible counselor that was willing to deal with the trauma and help me heal. And then once I was able to walk through that process of healing, then I could use, learn that you needed to build trust with me in that area and you needed to be tender with me in that area and you had to learn how to emotionally connect with me in a totally different way than, than our attempts before that. Yeah, and it, I didn't know that she was an assault victim before we met and it was many years into our marriage that I found out and all of a sudden what I had considered to be personal rejection was actually pain that she was just sort of defensive of herself because she had been taken advantage of in an abusive way. And so sometimes people say, well, that was in the past. I've moved on. I don't want to talk about it. You know, I don't have time or energy to go back or deal with that. How important is it if there is some trauma in the past that hurts emotional intimacy in the relationship to get the help you need to heal from that so you can have a healthy marriage? Yeah, you can't have a healthy marriage without dealing with it. If we didn't deal with that, where do you think we would be today? I mean, we would be divorced. I think that was the road we were headed on because I felt rejection, but I didn't know why. There was a brokenness there. Once we got to the root of that, um, that's where I realized I needed to be very, very tender with you because up until that point, I was being very selfish emotionally, thinking I'm feeling rejected, not being cared for or tended to, and I took that very personally. Then I found out that there was some deep trauma in your past, and then it was, man, I'm being very, very selfish. I, I'm, I'm thinking about what I'm not receiving emotionally rather than what she is suffering emotionally. And you made it feel like it was my problem, not our problem. And yeah. when you're married, it's, your, it's together. You work at it together. Yeah. And in that moment, I think I either had an opportunity to come alongside as a friend and process with you. And once that you know, trauma was revealed, if we didn't work on if I didn't come close to you and we didn't get help for that, I, I don't think we would have made it. We wouldn't have. And I, it was the, the hardest moment in my life to confess that um, because I was afraid your response would be either to reject me or, you know, somehow push me away or get upset with me. And instead you cried. And so it broke through this wall and this barrier in our marriage that allowed you to feel like then you needed to protect my heart. I went right to protect, mm -hmm. defend. Um, so then just to wrap up this episode and then we'll get to the next point. 
Maybe explain, we get into this a little bit in the Real Marriage book that we wrote in 2012. Oh, gosh. We could probably write a sequel because we've learned a lot since then. Yeah, the really real marriage. (laughs) So, uh, But we talk about the three kinds of marriages, the the shoulder-to-shoulder, the back-to-back, and the face-to-face. Do you want to do it? It's kind of fun. So, So explain the shoulder-to-shoulder. We're really good at this. It's working alongside each other and just the everyday things. Kids, work. Yeah, just getting all your tasks done and checked off. Okay, and then uh, back to back. Nice, thanks. <laughs> like we should have a balloon. This is where <laughs> you've let resentment build up. You don't even really talk about anything that matters anymore. It's just like, well, I'll just talk about what I have to, but I'm not going any deeper than that. You're bitter, usually. Um, yeah, it's not fun. It's lonely. We call these the 90s. And then face to face, face to face. You actually have to deal with stuff when you look each other in the eyes. You actually have to love each other when you look each other in the eyes. You have to see each other. You can't just look away and be like, yeah, you know, that was hard. Or be on the phone or watching the TV. Yes. Yeah, it's not, you can't be distracted when you look each other in the eyes. If there's things that you don't want to talk about, you need to look each other in the eye and talk about it. Because those are the things that are causing you to go shoulder to shoulder or back to back. So those are the things not to text about or email about. Pray and talk and push yourself and allow God to heal whatever is broken there and push yourself to get through that. Talk about it until you've come to a resolve where you're at peace with each other and can forgive each other or whatever the situation is. And within that, our exhortation would be, this is where the emotional relationship gets developed. And the language of the Bible is, that those who are close with God will see him face to face. That's the language of the Bible. So the language of the Bible is that our relationship with the Lord is supposed to be face to face. The reformers used to talk about living quorum Deo in the face of God, living face to face with God. And when you're dating, you do a lot of this. And then you start having kids and dishes and a mortgage and a broken radiator and you do a lot of (laughs) shoulder to shoulder. And then you get frustrated because you're both overwhelmed and exhausted. You end up doing a lot of back-to-back, yelling at each other from the other room, firing off a nasty text, or just arguing while the television is on or you're on your phone. And this or for is me, the it was just grumbling in my heart. Really? You can do that? I didn't know you could I do I can it. do it with a smile. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you could grumble silently. I didn't know you could do anything silently. That's... Yeah, you should try it. <laughs> Well, that's great. We're going we're gonna to collect an offering for our therapy and just bring the band up. All right. Thanks, Love baby. You. Well, Pastor Mark here. Thanks for joining us. We sure hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Real Marriage Podcast. Go ahead and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. If you're dating, get your significant other to join. If you're married, listen together. And if you got some friends, tell them to do the same. And if you love it, which of course you do, it has my wife, Grace. Go ahead and give us a five-star review. And if you don't like five-star reviews, don't leave a review. We'd love to hear how this podcast also helps and encourages you. And uh, you can send that in. But here is one recent testimony from uh, a gal. She says, I always get something out of this podcast. Mark and Grace are a great team. I agree, sweetheart. And I especially enjoy hearing Grace's perspective as a wife, ditto, ahead of me on the marriage journey. They bring biblical, practical, real advice for everyday marriages. I have so much respect for their relationship and appreciate their honesty about their challenges. Well, thank you so much. The truth is we have had a lot of struggles. Most of them are my fault. Thanks for listening. And uh, go ahead and find out more at exomarriage.com. 
realfaithchurch.com slash realmarriage, or just go ahead and visit uh, our Bible teaching ministry at realfaith.com.